0: Today, I will be speaking with Adam Dintz. I met Adam at the IANS Conference, International Association of Near-Death Studies. Adam is a hypnotherapist certified by the Institute for Neuro-Linguistic Programming Center and the International Hypnosis Federation. Adam specializes in current life regression, past life regression, life between lives regression, and hypnotic regression techniques that heal present life traumas, limiting beliefs, and other challenging life experiences. Adam refers to a new hypnotherapy modality that he's developed as near-death experience, NDE, regression, and is covered in explicit detail in his book, Back to the Beyond, Exploring Near-Death Experiences Through Hypnosis. In addition to hypnotherapy, Adam is founder of and healer at Sacred Stairways Hypnotherapy and Healing, located in Stillwater, Minnesota. Adam also serves as an adjunct marketing professor at the University of St. Thomas and the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Hi, can I ask all of you listening a favor? Would you mind rating and reviewing my book, WTF Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife on Amazon. Authors depend so much on ratings. They are crucial to the algorithm and Amazon making sure this book is seen. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome to What the Fuck Just Happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listen to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a science-y skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launch this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen. There's no need to draw any final conclusions. Keep an open mind and wonder what the fuck just happened? Hi, today I'm speaking with Adam Dintz, and we recently met at the IONS conference, which is the International Association for Near-Death Studies, and Adam, he ended up reaching out before the conference, we both found out we were going to be there coincidentally, maybe not coincidentally and he does something so interesting that I've never heard of. So, Adam, t- explain what you do.
1: Well, Liz, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for, for having me. Uh, I've been really looking forward to having this this conversation with you, even though we've had so many already. Uh, and for those who are joining, so my name is Adam Dents. I'm a hypnotherapist, and you know I work with a variety of different hypnotherapy modalities, you know, present, current life, uh, working people with people who have current present life issues, such as childhood trauma, so on and so forth, past life regressions between lives, regressions, and really where, um, my, I have a soft spot in my heart and we'll be talking about this today is, is working with people who have had near death experiences and helping people who have had near death experiences, find closure and integrate that experience more fully into their day-to-day lives.
0: So... First of all, what exactly is hypnotherapy? I think most of us have a general idea of what it is, but you know I, sometimes when I think of hypnosis, I think of those stage shows where people stand up and do silly stuff and But what actually is hypnosis
1: yeah, so they so hypnosis and hypnotherapy are 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 the same, but different so hypnosis uh, is you know, if I were to put you into a hypnotic state and, and provide you with suggestions, right. Once you're in the hypnotic state. So going into a hypnotic state just means you're, you're deeply relaxed. Right. And when you get into this deeply relaxed hypnotic state, your subconscious mind, you, you switch brainwaves. So you move into a, a Delta brainwave and what that, also, what that does when you move into that brainwave is it helps quiet your conscious voice down. So that way your, con- your subconscious is wide open. And that allows us at that point through hypnosis to give you suggestions based on whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. So if you're looking to quit smoking or if you're looking to uh, lose weight or to reduce pain or different things like that, through hypnosis, once you're in that relaxed hypnotic state, the hypnotist could provide you with suggestions that would sort of help curb those, those different behaviors that you're looking to, um, to do that with. Same thing like when you see the people on stage bark like a dog. Those are suggestions given once in that hypnotic state. Where hypnotherapy veers a little bit differently is, is, and I, I, I always put the underline under the part of the word hypnotherapy under the word therapy, because with hypnotherapy, we're actually going back in time through a, a process called hypnotic regression so we go back in time to memories of things that happened to you so that we can work through those memories in hypnosis and get the closure and healing needed so say for instance uh in your in your current life in your present life you're struggling with uh, uh relationships you can't seem to keep relationships you, you you find somebody and you get scared they're going to leave you, and so what do you do? You, you run away, and 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 now your life's a mess because you're <laughs> because you're single and you can't find love, and you need help, and so people will come to me for that. And can you help me through hypnotherapy? And oftentimes, what we'll find is the reason why somebody is reacting that way is because they were hurt as a child. They were either abandoned or. Um, you know, they were made to feel unimportant or not lovable by, by someone in their close circle. And that still affects them to this day. So through hypnotherapy, we can go back in time. We can regress back to those memories, heal those memories so that the person who, so that the client is able to move forward in their lives in a really productive and healthy way.
0: Get into doing hypnotherapy for past life regressions and also for NDEs.
1: So how I got into to hypnotherapy is is it's actually um, uh, I, I, maybe it's not that interesting, but I, I read this book uh, by Dr. Michael Newton, and almost every hypnotherapist you talk to will say Dr. Newton influenced them uh, somehow. But I uh, I had just started to learn about past lives and reincarnation, and you know the thought of of, of having to come back. To this planet again uh, was a little bit scary you know i think anyone who's who's taken a few turns around the sun uh, has experienced how difficult and challenging life can be and it was something i i I really didn't want to have to experience again but reading through dr newton's book uh, a journey of souls and and reading the accounts of these past life regressions really inspired me to not be so afraid of of you know what it might what it might be like and why our souls do choose to take uh, multiple incarnations and what the purpose of doing that is. And, you know, at the time I was a Reiki master healer, had a a variety of other healing modalities that I practiced, but this past life regression was so healing and transformative to me. I, uh, well, let me, let me say this. I read the book journey of souls. Then I found a past life regressionist near me and I uh, met with him and he did a past life regression on me and it changed my life. You know, seeing, I think people who have near death experiences have the benefit of knowing, right, that there's more to life than just this physical body. But for most of us who haven't had a spiritually transformative experience, we live through other people's experiences and we read things about what other people experienced and that's that gives us faith that There's more to to us than just this physical body, but it's not really a knowing. It's not really something we know for sure until we experience it ourselves. So, when I experienced this past life regression, it was like, holy moly, we are way beyond what this physical body is. And so, I said, you know, this is something I want to be able to offer my clients. This is so healing and it's so powerful. I want this to be something I offer my clients. So, I I went to school, became a hypnotherapist, and uh, I started working with past life regression, uh, clients with current life regression clients, but I sort of stumbled into NDE regression. It was something that I, you know, I was actually in the car one day and, you know, I have such a big space in my heart for near death experiencers because, you know, when my dad passed away in 2005, you know, I was struggling, you know, trying to find answers to, you know, what happens to us after our bodies dies, you know, and, and the accounts of the near death experiencers really helped me to believe that there was more to life than, than just the skin and bones. Right. And so, um, with that said, I was in my car one day and I I said, you know, if I can regress people back to a past life memory, or if I can regress people back to a current life memory, or maybe even a between lives memory, could I regress people back to their near death experience memories? So in a past life regression, typically what I do with my clients is I let, once they've explored a past life the last thing i ask them to look at is their memory of the death they had in that life and they will experience dying in that life and they will and a lot of people experience leaving their body um, in that regression. And they experience moving into what we call what Dr. Newton called between lives, which is the place that we all go to after one incarnation. And before we incarnate again, that's why we call it between lives. Now that is very different than a near death experience regression. So in a, in a, uh, a, between lives regression, you're going back to the memories of where you were in between Two incarnations. And that place could change depending on the two incarnations that you are revisiting, right? So, with that said, with a, a near death experience regression, it's only for people who have had the experience because they're going back to the dimensions and realms they visited during that near death, out of body experience they had.
0: I am, have a lot of questions related to that. Ask away, please. What was so special about your past life regression that you had, if you don't mind sharing anything? From the story that's not too personal
1: oh yeah i'm happy to and i'm an open book so i'm i'll I'll share uh i'll talk about anything my life is is an open book for everyone to read uh so yeah you know it was really interesting in my past life what i experienced and i I, i'll I'll save all the detail because it's it's it was a pretty long um journey but i was living a life as a man who had a big family but kind of stood in the background the the as a, a you know I I wasn't engaged, I wasn't involved. I would watch what was going on, I would observe what was going on and all the memories that I had, but I wasn't actively involved. And and at the end of the past life regression, what I realized was that I was completely closed off. Like I closed my heart. I I I wasn't letting love in. I I I was just and I don't know why, but that's that's who I was in that past life. And when I came out of the regression, I realized, oh my God, I'm doing that same thing. In this life, you know, the experience I had in this past life had so many similarities to emotional issues that I've had in this life, that it, it helped me understand that this is part of my karma in this life to, to get past, you know, to overcome that, not allowing love in and not being able to give love freely out. And that to me was the real epiphany. And I'd never experienced anything like that in my life. And so it helped, it helped me set up this journey that I'm on now in my life, which is how do I free myself, right? How do I, how do I open my heart in a safe way?
0: That was really a beautiful, beautiful story. And also just because you're on the what the fuck just happened podcast. And you're talking to me. (laughs) I have to ask though, however, was there anything that seemed verifiable or evidential about your own past life regression?
1: No. And it's interesting because I tried, I tried because I, I, um, you know, like I was either an attorney or I was a, like a police chief or something, you know. The office that I worked in was either you know a law office or a police precinct. I couldn't tell exactly, but I I could see the streets. I knew what they looked like. I, I was very aware of the environment that I was in. And so, of course, when I got home, I I started googling all of it. And then I thought I was somebody. And I can't remember who it is now because this was many years ago, but I Googled that person and it, I was not it. Uh, so no, I was not able to verify anything. And I I, I think a, lar- a large portion of past life regressions are unverifiable, right? There, it, it probably is more of a minority case where you actually are able to get that, you know, I don't know if veridical is the right word, but just, you know, some sort of information that's verifiable.
0: Yeah. I think that would make sense. And I'm curious, not that we'll be here as ourselves to know this, but like in 200 years, now that our generation has the internet and every so much is recorded with social media, if so many more past lives will be able to be verifiable.
1: You know, the technology, I mean, think about, and I hate to bring up artificial intelligence, right? But artificial intelligence is able to help us mine through data at speeds that weren't previously known to before and they're able to take massive amounts of data and process them in ways that, that we just haven't been able to before. So there may be ways down the road. I mean, you know, with any spiritually transformative experience to be able to measure uh, the data behind it and see, you know, scientifically, what pieces can we connect?
0: You were talking about how you take people back to their passing away from their previous life. And you also, take people back to relive their NDEs. And you and I both know quite a bit about NDEs. Is there a correlation between what people report at the end of their previous lives and their passing away and near death experiences? And if so, what?
1: Well, that I would say the, the the most common similarity is is most commonly in the between lives regressions and NDE regressions, right? Because like in a past life regression, a person can experience you know there's so many different ways that people can experience death. Let me let me clarify something, Liz. So with an NDE regression, and we didn't get to this yet. So and I think this is going to help articulate this conversation a little bit better, which is there is a difference between an NDE regression and all the other ones. So the term regression itself is probably not the best term to use because regression implies moving backwards right? I'm regressing backwards. So in past life, we're going back to a past life memory. In a current life regression, we're going back to current life, present life memories. In a near-death experience regression, what I found when working with with near-death experiencers is most do not go back to the memories of their near-death experiences. They go back to the dimensions and realms they visited during their near-death experiences, but often have brand new experiences in those dimensions and realms. So it's not that they're remembering what happened because most NDEers have a very clear memory of a lot of the things that happened to them. Sure, they're missing pieces, but they they have a fairly clear memory. It's not hard for them to recall what happened. But they in in the regression, they go back to the dimensions and realms and have brand new experiences with the entities, the beings, the gods, the aliens, you name it, right? And which allows them to get insight and explore additionally in ways that they weren't able to do during their initial out-of-body in a past life regression you're going back to the memory of that death and a near death experience regression. They're not going back to the memory of that, of when they died, right? Most never, they're not in the hospital, like, like gasping for air, right? Or they're, they're not remembering being shot. If anything, I've had one or two clients who've gone back to the hospital, but it, the, it's the memory of after they had already died and being out of body and they can see themselves out of body in the hospital room. And that's typically where it it ends up, if that makes sense. So it's it's slightly different, but there are commonalities between near death experiences and between life experiences, in the sense that in an NDE regression, people often meet their guides or whatever entities that they you know connected with, and in a between lives regression, which is some is a type of regression that somebody who hasn't had an NDE that wants to have a, a similar type of experience might be interested in would be that between lives regression. You meet the same, like, you know, if you met your guides during that between lives, you'll meet your guides. If you had a life review, you may see that life review again, right? So all of these different things you can experience in an in a, in a between lives regression. And in that case too, you can still ask those beings who you met, um, during your between lives, new questions and, and get insights on different things. So they are, sort of similar i think the difference is for people who have near-death experience regression have had near-death experience regressions they are big open holes gaping holes there's integration that's needed from that experience that this regression helps them get that this practice helps them
0: attain so people who do the past life regressions and go back to their deaths you said the in-between lives is similar experiences to ndes also what about the process Of their passing you know the life review the going through a tunnel do they seem to describe similar experiences of the actual that early part of the passing before they get to the between lives
1: it depends everybody's experience is so different liz you know some people are like i've had uh in my experience with my past life regression uh i experienced you know, being in my body dying and then floating above my body and looking down at myself and I could see my wife. And then I just kind of floated, 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 floated until I was in the beyond. Um, some people will be like, Oh, I'm out of my body. And the next thing they know, they're surrounded in white light and clouds, or there's, you know, they're on another planet or they're zooming through a portal or they're going through whatever it is. Um, so, you know, I think it, and it's, it's really fun to hear, you know, when you talk to, it's, it's a lot of fun being the hypnotherapist listening to, to what, what my clients are experiencing, because it's just absolutely mind blowing what they, what they experience as they, they cross from here to there.
0: So people during their near death experience, um, I guess the word's not regression, but hypnosis returning to the realm of their near death experience. That's what sounds so interesting. So they are just continuing as if they're going back to the place they were when they had their near death experience. Yeah. What types of things are they doing there? Give some examples.
1: Oh, so how are the NDE like how are the NDEers experiencing being on the, the other side?
0: Yeah, how are they experience- yeah, well, I'll ask you both first to describe the NDE how people who've had NDEs are experiencing what are they doing when they're returning to their NDE?
1: Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, if, if you're interested in hearing this, uh, if you go to the website, back to the beyond.com and you scroll down, that's the name of my book back to the beyond.com. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page, I've included a, a two minute or two and a half minute YouTube video. Uh, that's just audio of the clients that I regressed back to the beyond. Uh, so each of their sessions I recorded and I have little audio clips of what they they were saying as they, um, as they begin to emerge into the realms and dimensions they visited during their NDEs. And you can hear their their real-time reactions to what they were seeing and what they were experiencing. And so, you know, typically what happens, uh, Liz, is in an NDE regression, once, you know, there's a whole process, right? There's a whole process to getting someone in the hypnotic state. But the last thing I, I do is I have somebody walk through the, the, the proverbial door, right? The metaphysical door that's gonna lead them back to the experience that's right for them. And when they walk through that door, the first thing I ask them is, okay, you know, let's say you were doing one with me. If you had had a near-death experience, I would say, okay, Liz, tell me, what are you seeing? What are you experiencing? And you, and it, it, at first it's like any regression. Sometimes people don't know where they are. They're like, well, I don't know. It's kind of dark. I, all I see is darkness or all I see is light, or it could be a, a, a mil- like a, a thousand different things. I see a shoelace. Why am I seeing a shoelace? It makes no sense, right? And so then there's sort of this... grounding effect where the more that you exercise that mind of like, look around, observe, what do you see what's going on? Then the memories start to come. So sometimes people experience that and they just need to be there a little while until things start coming, become more vivid. Other people are like, Oh my gosh, I'm zooming through the universe. And this is so beautiful. All I feel is love. And this is, and and so they go on this journey where they're not, they're really not in control. It's almost like their near death experience. They're not really in control of what they're doing. They're just kind of going on this journey where they're, Oh, okay. I'm back on, I'm, I'm back on this planet that I was on. And, and I, Oh, there's somebody here and they have a really long neck and their feet are webbed. And I feel like I know this person. Oh yeah. Uh, this is, this is father. He, uh, this is father. I know them as father. And it's kind of like this reintroduction again. And they're, it's 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 almost like you haven't seen your family it's It's like you you move from another country to the u s and you haven't seen your family in thirty years and you're going back to see your family again and you haven't seen them in such a long time and it's that re it's it's almost like that uh, um reunion that joy of the reunion of being around these these beings and figures and whatever all over again and being in a place that feels like home that feels like love you're surrounded by all this incredible these incredible things and really that's what people experience in whatever way the universe gives it to them and so then what we do is Once they've had a chance to sort of explore the beyond, in our intake session, before we do the regression, I get a list of questions uh, about what what do you want to know? Like, what do you need clarity on? And so, you know, a lot of people want to know, why did I have to come back? Or why did I die in the first place? Or why can't I find love? Or why am I so blocked? I feel so, there's all these questions that people have. Um, one of the the, the the people in my, I wrote about my book, Johnny. Uh, Johnny was in a car accident with three of his buddies and three of his buddies died. And he was the only one who survived. He had survivor's guilt. And, uh, he's the youth director to church, uh, super, um, spiritual, uh, guy. And in his near-death experience, he met Jesus and experienced heaven with Jesus. And he also experienced seeing hell and seeing Satan and experiencing that. But when he went back, he wanted to understand why he, why, why did he survive? Why was he the survivor? Why did his friends have to die? It was, it was a wound he carried around for so many years. And he actually got to see his friends again. It was the first time he'd seen his friends again, um, you know, being back in those dimensions and realms and he was able to connect with them in such a healing way. So Liz, when I say said earlier, you underline the word therapy and the word hypnotherapy, that's the therapy. That's what we work on in these near-death experience regressions is what's going on in your life that you need help with and how do we help integrate that which you received on the other side and the beyond into the now.
0: So you said he saw Jesus, heaven and hell. That was during his NDE or his NDE regression
1: that was during his NDE so he was actually on his so what happened was he was on a swing with Jesus and when he'd go one way he would swing over heaven and he would see all the kids and the it was just the most beautiful wonderful amazing place and then when the swing would go that way he was still on the swing with Jesus but he would go over this place that he would call hell
0: so now i'm coming at this question a little biased cuz i don't believe in god or jesus or heaven or hell i mean i believe jesus was a human being but you know i don't believe in God or religion. So how much do you think our cultural upbringings and our definitions, because we don't really have the right words for this type of thing, how much do you think he was interpreting and understanding an afterlife as presented by his own worldview? If you go to another country, let's say you go to like, Bolivia and you are from New York versus a village in Africa, you will probably notice different things and interpret things based on your own cultural, like me as a New Yorker would not only see different things, I would probably describe something one way and someone from a village in Africa would describe something another way. And maybe both of us would not even be correct. Maybe someone from Bolivia would be like, oh my God, that's not even what this actually is. Let's say we weren't really even allowed to ask questions. We just had to interpret How much do you think they're actually an interpretation when someone gives such a religious interpretation is them translating it to their, this earthly worldview versus reality? Okay. So I'm going to
1: answer that question. And I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to anger a lot of people with my answer to this question, (laughs) but I believe this is what I believe. And this is my belief. And it's impossible to know. We, We don't have, there's no way to know this for sure. Right. But this is from, from the clients that I've worked with, from the people who I've researched and studied, this is, this is, this is where I've netted. That is when we die, our essence, our soul, whatever you want to call it, doesn't forget all of the conditioning training belief systems that we went through, that we accumulated here as human being. So when Adam Dent's physical body dies and I pop out and I leave, there's still a lot of Adam Dint's left in that, in that essence. Right. And so if, that essence—if you believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as a human being—and your essence popped out, and you go over to the other side—and there's Allah, right—and it, 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 maybe it's more of a, a, a Muslim experience, right? That could be shocking. That could be absolutely jarring to your essence because it goes against everything that you've been conditioned to believe is true. Or if you were to be a Christian or Jew or or a Muslim, and you were to, you know, die and and you go and you just blend in with all that is. And there is no God archetype anywhere. you're just maybe you experience yourself as God. That could be so traumatic um, to a soul to energy. And so what I believe happens is and it's not all the time it's not every case because there are some people who really do immediately get brought into the to the to the final or ultimate truth right but I, I think there are different layers and when we first arrive on the other side, if we have really strong belief systems, the universe sort of whittles those away over time. So we might see what we expect to see. And then as time moves on, that kind of fades away and we're shown another truth or a deeper truth. And then that fades away and we see a deeper truth and a deeper truth until we get to the place that we realize that there is no truth except for all that it We're just one. It's, it's hard to put into, into, in, into words. Now, the other thing that I would say about that, Liz, which is probably also going to rub people a little bit the wrong way, but I think even, how do I say this the right way? What experiencers experience when they, their physical body dies is impossible for the human brain to remember in the context that it, the essence experienced while it was free from the body. There's just no way. Our human brains are too limited. We can't under, we, we couldn't possibly fathom everything the wholeness of what we experienced when we crossed and so we come back with sort of a, a memory a story of of what happened but i think that in itself is just a pointer to what really happened you know if you talk to ram das or if you talk to ram das when he was alive or even alan watts he would say you know when you're talking to a guru the guru just points you to the truth the guru is not the truth in in himself or in today's in her himself and so when we look at the NDE, we should look at it as a pointer to the truth, not necessarily the truth. And so when we start looking at NDE accounts literally, it can be a little bit challenging because we read so many different experiences that are so different, it can make us question what's true and what's not. But if we surrender to the fact that these are all, all these stories are true, they're just taken. Uh, If you've read the analogy of the seven uh, blind men, the Tibetan analogy, the seven blind men, it's seven men with blindfolds standing around an elephant, and they're all touching different parts of the elephant, and they're all describing different things. So the, the blind man that's touching the elephant's ear says, oh, that's a fan. The one who touches the elephant's leg says, that's a tree. That's how they're experiencing the elephant. They don't know they're all touching an elephant. And that's the irony. That's the analogies. They're all touching the same thing, but they're describing it differently. And I think that's what happens a lot of oftentimes with near-death accounts.
0: You mentioned that he saw a hell. And I think a lot of people might be scared. You know, maybe if someone was really raised religious, they are frightened of that. Or, you know, someone... Not religious like me, be like, oh, well, I don't want to end up somewhere terrible, you know. In the next dimension, is there an implication that there really is something permanently so terrible or long term so terrible, or do you tie that in more to his interpretation?
1: I, I'll tie this back into my, my 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 psychedelic friends, who, you know, they'll tell you there's no such thing as a bad trip, right? Even when you have really dark and hard trips it's your shadow, right? You're seeing something you're being shown something that's going on inside in a way that you need to see it, right? You need to address it. You need to embrace whatever that is. And I think people who have these really difficult, cause there are a lot of people who have difficult experiences. It's not all love and light. You know, some people experience being alone and not seeing anybody around and there's just nothing there. It's just emptiness. Or you hear people who are just in the darkness, and they felt like that's it. It's just darkness and separation, right? Um, I mean, there there are so many different flavors to to experiences, but I think people who have had challenging ones, and that's part of the integration process, is what were you being shown? What were you being told? What was the what's the lesson? What are you supposed to embody and take away from that in this lifetime? And I think that's the answer we have to get to. So I would. If, any, if there are any experiences who are listening who have had those kinds of challenging experiences or difficult experiences, just know that it's not, you don't have to worry about that, anything bad happening to you after you die. It's all, it is, it is love and light. This may have just been a message that you were trying to get, uh, that you needed to get to process in this life, to live your life a little bit differently.
0: This is my own personal interpretation of bad NDEs, how I would personally just, dis- I guess. I i mean, obviously, I don't know. But I think of different vacations I've gone on. Some have been really wonderful, just like relaxing, but a little, you know, going to a beautiful spot. It's really fun for a few days, and then it gets boring. Some I've done like much more hardcore, like backpacking and volunteering. And some of those were a little scary to first arrive at. Like sometimes you have a terrible flight, and you arrive at a new place, and you feel lonely and scared. And I hated my first few days once when I volunteered in an animal wildlife in Thailand. And I was so scared when I first arrived. And I was like, and it's so lonely. And then I started to get into it and I loved it. I would just guess that things are very multi-layered, just like it is in this life. Some days are terrible. Some days are wonderful. And sometimes just, you know, you have a luxurious flight and the best flight and it's easy and you have a gorgeous car pick you up. And again, sometimes it's a really scary, lonely first few steps. And I think that wouldn't mean an implication of eternal. I think there are probably lots of energies. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but that's just my very short guess of what NDE's, bad NDE's would be about.
1: It could be, you know, and, and honestly, like you could even go deeper than that, Liz, in the sense that it could be that what the NDE is showing you is something that happened to you in this lifetime, but it's showing it to you in a way that it gets you to, 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 to ask deeper questions about what's going on in your life, right? So like if you ended up being in a place that felt like hell, is there something inside of you that feels like hell? Like did something happen to you as a child that's so deep down that when you finally released, when you, when your body finally gave up and and your essence was freed, was it because it hadn't, you hadn't yet processed what that trauma was is it now coming out? Is it now trying to free itself? Is it now trying to release before your essence moves on? Right. Who knows? It could be so many different things. And so that's why I, I tend to be careful, you know, with giving answers because it, You know the the type of stuff we're talking about here is very subtle energy. It's very subtle in nature. And how do you how does anyone know anything, (laughs) right? Like I don't even know how I'm breathing right now, and I'm trying to explain. I mean, I know how I'm breathing, but you know what I mean. Like I don't I I I can't explain how uh, some of the most basic functions of the universe work, and I'm going to understand what happens to us after we die. Like, come on, give me a break. But we so I think we have experiences in our lives that gives us hints. Um, we're let down paths. And I think it's all truth, but I don't know that we ever truly know what happens until we're there. And who knows if we even know then.
0: (laughs) And even here, we say we know so much about our reality here. We only know a tiny, tiny portion, where we live, the time we're at, our own perceptions. When people have NDEs, they describe them as realer than real. They, you know, have physical sensations. I mean, they, they say that, It almost feels like waking up and they realize Mm, this life was the dream. Are their regressions as realer than real? Or is it more like going into hypnosis, which I found during my past life regression, it was a lot realer than most dreams. It was, or daydreams. It was like my most vivid dreams, but it wasn't as real as this life to me. So do NDE, people also experience their aggressions as realer than real when they go back in, to the realm they were in.
1: Yes. Um, but not just NDEers, Um, even people with current life, present life, surprisingly enough, it's realer than real because your conscious mind isn't there chatting in your head all the time. It's just a very present. Now I, I what I would say to that Liz, not everybody experiences it as realer than real. So it depends, you know, sometimes it's like, Being in the metaverse, right? Like you're in it. It's like you're there. It's like you're you're there. Then other people might experience it as more disassociated. In that, I'm kind of just standing back and observing what's happening. It's almost like you remember. It it almost feels like if I were to, if you were doing a guided meditation and you you know you can see it in your imagination maybe, but it's not necessarily like watching a four K, you know, screen. So it depends. But in a lot of cases, they are. you know, they're as vivid as their NDE was.
0: So you also mentioned that sometimes, you know, during NDEs, we see loved ones who've passed away and that people who go back on these NDE regressions see their loved ones again who've passed. Is this something those of us who haven't had an NDE can do? Are we able to go have regressions in some ways where we can connect to our loved ones who've passed?
1: Yeah, so the same brainwave you go to in hypnosis, that delta brainwave is the same is the same brainwave that psychic mediums go to when they are communicating uh, and that's why they're called mediums uh, by the way is because you know spirits come down to sort of that that wave and the medium brings themselves up to that wave. Right. So they're kind of meeting in the middle in the, in the medium. Uh, yeah. So you have access to that energy, to that dimension in that realm. So, you know, I, um, I actually had a friend of mine and I, I think this happened over COVID or shortly after COVID hit, but her dad had passed away. And I just did this as a you know favor because she's, she's a friend, but it wasn't even hypnosis. It was a guided meditation. So I took her into a guided meditation using some hypnotic protocol. And then I was able to bring her back to a place where her dad appeared and she, it was for her birthday. It was really sweet. So she got to do this on her birthday. And um, she had about a 20, 30 minute uh, reconnection with her dad. And it was, it was really beautiful. And she's, she's a religious gal too. And uh, you know, so this works regardless of denomination or what your religious leanings are, you know, in spirituality, there is no religion have your belief systems you can believe in jesus you can believe in in uh allah whatever, who whatever your your belief system is but also embrace the metaphysical side the spiritual side of of your faith as well in fact all religions have highly mystic sex mystical sects that believe in all this stuff <laughs> so uh, yes to answer your question uh, in the longest possible fashion liz yes it is possible You ever wonder what mediums do with their free time? How about a 30-something-year-old gay medium living in New York City? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ spiritual people and our cis-hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, <laughs> open up your mind and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts.
0: Hey, everyone. I'm really excited to let you know about the science and spirituality salons i'm now hosting during these intimate events a scientifically verified psychic medium will give all of you readings and i will give a talk on the science and evidence that changed my mind about an afterlife so also be an amazing opportunity to get to meet some of you in person or virtually and to share more about all the science and data that transformed my worldview and got me through my worst days. These can be hosted in your home, in a nearby cafe with a private room, or they can even be virtual. I've hosted a few already, and they were really special, fascinating, emotional, evidential. So if you're interested in getting a small group together over dinner, brunch, drinks, coffee, to learn more about the science and to get Evidential Medium Readings, send me an email at hello at wtfjusthappen.net and put Science and Spirituality in the title. And I'm asking this because you did, you brought up religion. What Have you had clients who are more like me, like either atheist or just very evidentialist who don't believe in religion, but are open to survival of consciousness? And if so... How did their experiences go?
1: You know, what I would say uh, on, on that note, Liz, is most people who are similar to you, they're kind of atheists. They're not really interested in past life regressions or between, they're just not interested in it. Right. How, but I have had people, you a lot of people who, you know, a lot of just real world, quote unquote normies, right. Um, they'll come in for hypnotherapy for something going on in their life. Right. Like. Maybe they have abandonment issues or a parent died when they were younger and, you know, they had abandonment issues from that and they go into hypnosis and they go back to a memory and they end up having this reconnection with the parent who died and it's very powerful and they're able to ask new questions to the parent, right? Like, um, why did you go? Why did you have to die? Um, you know, so on and so forth, right? There's a level of spiritual spirituality to that where I've seen people who didn't believe in anything after after life, after the session say, I, I need to figure, I need a process that I, I don't understand what happened today. Like, what was that? How did I talk to my, how did I talk to my dead mom? How did I do that? Is that real? You know? And, um, and so yeah, hypno- hypnosis, hypnotherapy can be a way to bring somebody or for somebody who's not normally inclined to believe in, in or, or be connected to spiritual practice to, to get them there. And not that that's the goal, but it's it's sort of a, 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 a symptom or, or an after effect of the process. So it's not even that we're trying. It's just oftentimes it just happens.
0: Interesting. So they experienced it as, I guess they experienced it as realer than just a dream or wishful thinking.
1: Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent.
0: I want to hear a little bit about what you've learned about life between lives. What is that world like?
1: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, and I, I did a, a life between lives myself. I, and I did it on YouTube. I found one on YouTube. I don't recommend, uh, I'm a hypnotherapist. So for me, it was fine on YouTube just to kind of, to, to get into it. But the, the 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 between lives regressions you'll find for free on YouTube are very generic. And it's very difficult to really get a, um, a deep anchor in that in that realm, just listening to it without being guided by a professional who knows what they're doing. That said, in my experience with it, I was in the clouds. It was really cool. It was almost like I was watching, you know, if you think of the biblical John the Baptist, you know, baptizing people in the water, it was like I was seeing that for the new souls that were coming in to the other side. It wasn't John the Baptist, but it was somebody like as the souls would come in, they would be sort of go through this baptism and come back up and move on. It was almost like their souls were being cleansed. They were kind of being healed from whatever it was they were coming in with. It was sort of their re-entry. And it's really interesting, Liz, because, and this sounds really woo-woo, and I I know that the the title of your podcast here is Spirituality Without the Woo, right? But I'm going to break the rule right here and throw some woo in. (laughs) So uh, I actually had a a medium tell me that uh, my job before coming here on earth was helping people, the people who are getting ready to come back into earth, and to reincarnate to help them with that reentry process into Earth, and so it was just interesting in hindsight, looking back and seeing these people who are going through this cleansing. This is just very weird um, in terms of synchronicity. But that was my experience. I just was sitting on this cloud and I just watched it happen. I didn't have a life review. I didn't experience any of that. It was just very peaceful and beautiful. And it was like I was just hanging out. You know, it was very. I didn't have anything to do except just observe and be there. It was wonderful. Uh, there are people who have. I had one woman who did a between lives that ended up uh, merging back with source. And she, she called it like a soup. And, but even in that soupy uh, energetic concoction stew that she was in, she was able to connect with family members, like one of her uncles who had passed away. And even though she couldn't see him, she felt his energy. She felt his essence. And it was interesting because she comes from a traditional religious background Christian and there, there was no Jesus. There was no Christian symbolism. There, it was just merging back with source. So when I talked earlier about, um, you know, we we see what we expect to see. She was a case where that wasn't the situation, and that does happen.
0: Um, can I ask something? This might not be the most popular opinion, but honestly, both those sound really, really boring. Like sitting there with no purpose, doing nothing, and just observing and being just part of a soup and sort of being merged with everyone else. And I I don't know, to both of those sound incredibly boring to me, but you didn't, you think that's not the correct interpretation if you're actually experiencing it?
1: Well, let me say two things to that point. So number one, it was a 40, mine was a 40 minute regression. So I wasn't there very long. So it wasn't long enough to get bored. And, you know, for, for my client, she was there for two hours. Again, not, you know, not long enough to get bored, but that with that said,
0: oh, I don't mean the regression was boring.
1: no, 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 I know what you mean,
0: but uh, yeah, I
1: know that's that's what I meant like when you're there in that other dimension right you're you're there for two hours, so you don't get bored because it's it's but if you were there for a hundred hours, would it get boring right That's what you're asking, and Alan Watts. Talks a lot about that. He's a spiritual philosopher. If you haven't read or listened to much of Watts's material, it's the best stuff out there. But he says that's the whole reason why the universe reincarnates and comes—not reincarnates, but it's why the universe plays this elaborate game of hide and seek, where it comes and it incarnates as us or as plants or trees or different planets or you know, whatever you want to say, and forgets where it hid, and lives these lives. You know, Alan Watts says if you were to, if every night you had a dream, that lasted seventy years in length. And each night you had this dream, you had everything you could possibly want. It was the best dream ever. You, you, you could go wherever you wanted. You could do this. You could do that. It was just the loveliest time. It's like, well, in 70 years, that would get kind of boring now, wouldn't it? How long? And then he talks about the heaven perspective. Oh, how long can you spend in heaven worshiping and praising God? How long until that gets boring, right? So what would you do? What would happen? If you died and you ended up going to this place that was incredibly boring after a while, well, you'd probably choose to come back and live the life you're experiencing right now. That's kind of my belief system. I don't know if it's boring, but I know the universe wants to experience all these wild and, and amazing things. And and that's the universe. You are the universe, Liz, uh, experiencing the Everything through your filters that the universe is taking in and it's experiencing me. And when, when, our, when these bodies die, the universe will incarnate as something else and do it all over again. And so, you know, it's no different than playing with different imaginary friends as kids, right? You get bored. It's, oh, hey, let's do this over here. So it could very well be the case. You know, what you said could absolutely very well be the case, or it could be that as we be, just become or surrender into that that loving awareness that we don't need to be entertained, There is no such thing as boredom. There is no such thing because we just are, we're just presence. We're just in that observational state, uh, that state of witness. So who knows?
0: So you talked a lot about past, taking people into past lives and past, and there's a theory, there's no time. Have you ever had an experience where you took anyone into something or in the future or unintentionally someone went and got information about the future?
1: I haven't done any, I, I don't typically get into future life um, regressions just because I just don't feel comfortable doing that, giving somebody an impression that something's going to happen. And 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 I, I I sort of take my own advice on that. Like I'll never talk to a psychic about what's going to happen in the future. I'll talk to a medium to talk to, you know, uh, someone who's crossed over, but I, I, I don't want to know what, what's going to happen in the future. And, and I don't want to set any of my clients up for that. So I'll say no. But what I have seen in the clients that I've worked with And, and this is NDE clients. It's past life clients. It's between life clients. So there is evidence here because it happens across all three and people across all three groups in their experiences have seen the, the horizontal timeline, like your, your X axis, right? They've seen it, that that only exists here on earth, right? In the 3d, when you get outside of this dimension, it flips and it's more of like a Y axis. There's no, there's no time. There's no linear time. It goes straight up. So everything's happening all at the same time. So past lives, current lives, future lives. There is no past, present, future. It's all happening at the same time. But here on Earth, in our bodies, we experience it as past, present, future because that's linear, right? We look at our clocks. It's you know it's 11 a.m. You know it was 10 a.m. an hour ago. That doesn't exist on the other you know in other dimensions and other frequencies. So. The, I, th- I believe the reality is we're living all of our lives at the current moment and our soul, our essence, our, our, our higher self, if that's what you want to call it, is, is taking in all these lessons and all these experiences and all this curriculum from all these lives. And it's almost mind blowing to think about, uh, you know, Liz, I'll, 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 I'll end my point with this. One day, a, a few years ago, I was having lunch with a friend and we were sitting in this restaurant and it's just packed and he, he leans over and he goes, Adam, everybody in this restaurant here is you. And I was like, what? And I, I hadn't started to go through my spiritual awakening yet at that point. But it just blew my mind. I couldn't even I couldn't even fathom. Like, how do you even how do you even fathom something like that? <laughs> this could be everyone here could be me, but now I can see it. But it's not me as skin and bones Adam Dents. It's me who's underneath all of this.
0: Meaning that, you know, you think when you think of living multiple lives. And, you know, I've talked a bit on this podcast about the research of Dr. Jim Tucker and the late Dr. Ian Stevenson, meaning that you could live multiple lives at the same time. Literally people, you could even meet others that are you. And then when you pass away, all the memories of those lives congeal. Adam and maybe five other people that lived at the exact same time as
1: Yeah. Like I've, I've had, I think a lot of times, I don't know if you've ever had this Liz. And and again, this can't be proven, but, or maybe, maybe somebody has, I don't know how you do it, but have you ever had a dream where you were hanging out with a bunch of people that you don't know in real life, but in your dream, you knew them, like they were your best friends or family or whatever. And, And you've gone to places with them. Maybe you went to a movie theater or mall or somewhere in your dream that you've never been in this life, but you knew that place really well.
0: Yes. And I'd say some of those dreams are the ones that are the most vivid, that even if I'm not writing down dreams, I'll remember them really clearly, certain ones when I wake up.
1: Yeah. And so I think those a lot of times are us, when we're asleep, accessing our parallel lives and experiencing what our consciousness is experiencing in another body.
0: And you think those parallel lives are going on on Earth, on this planet or on other planets?
1: Everywhere. Yeah. Because when I, I mean, if you think of if, if if you say a past life is a parallel life, right. And that there is no derivation from that, you know, that point, then people who have experienced past lives being in other planets or other galaxies or as other entities or beings are experiencing that now all at the same time as they're experiencing this life. And it's just our brain's way of processing the, the linearity of it all.
0: You think we live lives on other planets?
1: Oh, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. And I've I've experienced it in hypnosis myself, where I've gone into other other places that are uh, Earth-like, but not Earth, and but very real and all felt like home. And you know, and it wasn't like an afterlife kind of experience. It was a, it was a, it was a some some incarnation where I was in this place that felt like Earth, but it wasn't. And so, yeah, that's that's what I believe, absolutely.
0: And what was the difference on this planet versus Earth?
1: Well, in in that case, I was alone, and I liked being alone, which was great. Uh, I, I think, I, I, and even in this lifetime and in this car- incarnation, I should say, as Adam, you know, I I like I love being around people, but I also like being alone. You know, I really value my alone time. But you know, I was in this. It was weird. It was like I was laying in this creek and there was a waterfall coming down on one side and then the other side was like a wall so i was like in between this waterfall and this wall and the water was just beautiful healing multicolored water it was just amazing and then i walked out as i was walking out i walked out into what looked like an egyptian desert with pyramids um and i went into the pyramids and explored the pyramids and there were other beings uh and it could well have been it could well have well been ancient egypt with um you know if there were aliens or, you know, uh other other species there at the time. Or it could have been another planet, which is what it it felt like. Like it didn't feel like Earth. It felt like a like a sister or a something of Earth. I can't explain it. But but a lot of people who have past life regressions, I can't tell you how many people I've taken into a past life regression who experience otherworldly uh phenomena.
0: And to be honest, that doesn't surprise me. I think there's, you know. Earth's one of the Goldilocks planets. I'm sure there's so many in this solar system. I mean, not in our solar system so far, it seems. But I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, much closer to the start of the universe, if there were life on other planets in our solar system. So I guess NASA, SETI, a lot of places are looking to see if they're finding little types of bacteria that shows that maybe there was life on planets even in our own solar system. How many lives do you think most of us have lived as humans
1: Wow that's a really good that's a really good question you know i I actually did a regression with someone the other day it was an n d e regression and they were told this was the last life that they were living. this was their last incarnation and the person asked how how many lives they had lived and they were told seven thousand and you know that that number is it, it's kind of overwhelming. And it's like, if, if this were my first lifetime and I had to think about coming back 6,999 more times, it would be kind of overwhelming, you know, like, like this life, like I think about it all the time. Like after I'm done with this life, I don't want to come back. Right. Like this, it's not easy, life is not easy. And I love my life and it's been a great life, but I, I, I'm good. Right. Like, I don't, I don't need to do this, let alone do it another 7,000 times. And so that's what, I think that parallel structure, though, gives me a lot of peace and comfort in knowing that we don't have to worry about how many because they're all happening at the same time. So my the way I would phrase that question, Liz, is how how many pieces of our essence are incarnated right now doing their thing? And I would say, in this person's case, she has 7,000 instances of her essence all experiencing things at the same time, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> it's kind of wild.
0: Are those just the 7,000 lives that we would have in this iteration with this Big Bang pre-Big Crunch or probably before Big Crunch, our sun dying and our solar system dying? Or do you think in like, let's say, you know, so far the Big Bang theory, Big Crunch theory seems the most likely though, you know, to say we actually are living at the time that we know the start of the universe is maybe a little bit arrogant, but let's take the theory that the universe is births lives and dies and this happens repeatedly with universe after universe let's just say or solar system after solar system do you, do you think we kind of start fresh in new universes and say trillions and trillions and trillions of years or and did we do this before trillions and trillions and trillions of years ago
1: maybe it's hard to know you know i mean i i if you if you take the timelessness concept as a hundred percent truth then there was no start theory doesn't hold weight however if you're sort of on the lines of alan watts where he believes that we are the big bang right he says you know when the when the big bang happened you're not the result of the big bang you are the big bang it's it's still happening, right? You're part of that happening of the Big Bang, so you're no different than the stars, the galaxy. You're part of it all. So the question then becomes: If everything gets sucked back in and all that dies away, right? Then it's like, okay, well then, then when it rebirths itself, does the clock reset? And I don't know. I don't know. I I don't even have a theory on that. If I were a betting person, though, I would, I would probably bet on the timelessness aspect of it and say that it's 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 holistic.
0: A lot of the ways we talk about afterlife, and my mentor, Fran Ginsberg, would always use the word afterlife because it's what we know, but she would always say, I don't think it's like an afterlife. And I tend to agree with her. So in terms of you know religious people, they tend to believe you live as this person, then you die and go to what they deem heaven. From my research of the research and evidence we have, you know, basically focusing on University of Virginia and mediumship. It's like you live this physical conscious life and you go to what they call the other side and then you return to this physical life. Now, I would guess there there isn't even a such thing as the word afterlife either, that it's just this pulsating continuation. And there are probably multiple, multiple layers and experiences of physical states of consciousness, multiple ones of non-physical, maybe ones we can't even Access from the human perspective, you know or human you don't go from human to this other completely different non-physical or other types of physical dimensions. Maybe you go from here into a non-physical and then you know after a thousand more human lives, you go to another species in another solar system or another galaxy, and then you access a totally different type of for lack of a better word afterlife or non-physical being, you go from one non-physical being you know, maybe the ones we see that people talk about in NDEs to another, to another, and just all different ones. Does that make more sense to you than almost as if there's two dimensions, human or human-esque on other Goldilocks planets, and then the non-physical layer connected to that, that medium's access?
1: I've experienced non-duality, and in my experience of non-duality is why I say we can't possibly understand anything as human beings
0: what does non-duality mean
1: non-duality basically means there's no you and me um there's oneness and let me take it even a little bit deeper than that because i hate the term oneness because one implies another right so you can't really just have one if you have one of something (laughs) then why even call it one right it just is and ram das refers i love the way he refers to it as isness it's just isness there's just this isness and when you've experienced that everything here, like it's like an illusion. It's like, what, what the hell is the dimension anyway? You know, like what, it, what, what does that even mean? Oh, it's a different change in vibration frequency. Well, what does that even mean? And you can go down and answer it to the, you can keep answering questions until you get to a place where it's like, I don't know what that means. I you know it's like when a little kid asks you questions, like why, why? And every time you answer it, then you get to a place where you say, I don't know. And we, as human beings, we are wired to find answers for every single thing. If we can find it, because when we have an answer to something, we can then control it. And when we don't have control, when we don't have an answer, it bothers us because we don't like ambiguity. It's very difficult to move in that space. And so these questions, it's like, you know, the ultimate truth is there are no lives. There are no, everything is life. Everything, we're all alive. It's all life. It's all happening at the same time. It's all, but in our minds, I think, the way we experience it, who knows? Like this, imagine Liz, if this was your, in this life, everything that you're experiencing, you created yourself. Your, your microphone is a figment of your imagination. It's like, it's, it's it's kind of like a a dream, right? And you're creating everything around you. And what happens if you wake up from this dream and nothing's like what it is here. It's just totally different. And you, and you completely forget about what you just like, you're just like, okay, well now I'm here and now I'm here. Right. How mind-blowing is that? How like hard to comprehend is that? Let me take a step back and say, I've experienced what appears to be other dimensions and realms through my own work. What that is, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I I have guesses. I have certain knowingness of things that I feel way down deep, knowing that it's home, that it's all that is. It could be something completely different. I, I don't know. So my best guess is that... If you you think about, like, there are certain Buddhist sects that believe very, like you said, you close your eyes and you open them and you're from one life to the next. It's just a constant flow. And that would kind of align with the body. If you think about the the human body, the human body is currently in a state of death and birth, death and birth. Our skin cells that we have now are not the skin cells we had when we were born, right? There's nothing about our physical bodies that's the same now than as when we were born. And we've had multiple deaths continuously happening but we don't see the deaths we don't experience them but what about those cells that died what do they experience as death and rebirth who knows like it's so mind-blowing when you just think about it I, I read a book once that made the case for every single atom in the universe having its own consciousness if the eight octillion atoms if every atom in our body eight octillion of them had their own consciousness who the heck are we i don't know <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's a really fun exercise to like try to get to the understanding. As long as we get to the understanding with this probably isn't what it is. It's just the best we can understand it given our limited ability as human beings.
0: Yeah. There's things where just probably our brains can't even align with it. Just like we can't see or hear or smell certain freak, certain frequencies. And you mentioned you experienced other dimensions as best you can. Can you describe any of those experiences?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I had an out-of-body experience once. I wrote about it in my book. And essentially, to spare you too long of a story, I popped out of my body one night. I wasn't really trying. I just popped out and I was floating above my body. Uh, I, I was lying in bed when it happened, but my eyes weren't closed. And it was a very long, drawn out uh, process. I don't want to go too too long into what happened, but I ended up floating above my body and felt no connection at all to my body. Didn't even like it was like looking at a dummy at Target store, right, with clothes on, okay. the mannequin. It's like I, okay, cool. That's and I just wanted to to fly and go and travel, which I, I didn't get to do. But when I say another dimension, is it's not necessarily like it's another place. It's just a different frequency. It's a different energetic. Reality like dogs. Dogs can see colors here that we can't see, right? You talk to people who have synesthesia who can eat the color blue and tell you exactly what, not eat, but they can taste the color blue. They can tell you what the color blue tastes like to them. There's so much magic here that we can't see because our frequency is not tuned to it. You talk to people who have different levels of frequencies like mediums or people who have different spiritual abilities who can tap into those things they're tapping into different dimensions but they're right here. So it's just a different frequency it's just a different level of density it's 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 hard to explain but it's just as real as it is here. It's in in fact it's more real than it is here. Similar to an NDE experience or I don't know if that was helpful that answer. <laughs> I feel like I was rambling.
0: It's very helpful. It's very fascinating. I'm going to get back to now some more grounded, sort of semi factual-ish questions. So, in all your work, have you ever gotten any information that was verified?
1: Not scientifically verified. So, not anyone who is like, "Oh yeah, hey, I went to the birth records in Charleston, Virginia, and found that I this was my life." So, not exactly in that in that regard. But what I have seen and it's not just it's actually very similar between my near death experience clients and my between lives clients which is at the end of the day almost everybody when they go back to the beyond whether it's through a near death experience or between lives they want to know what's my purpose in life why why am i here what's my purpose even questions like what from the near death experience why do i have to come back right almost every single person that i've worked with The answer they've gotten is love it's to love it's to experience love it's to give love it's to just remember that love inside of us and and i'm talking about people liz with very different backgrounds you know you've probably talked to um you talk to most nd ears they're not your typical woo people they all came from different backgrounds right i mean Dr. Evan Alexander was a neuroscientist at Harvard. It doesn't get more secular than that, right? Yet he had a life-changing, spiritually transformative experience through his NDE. But you, you know, you talk to those people, and they all come back with love. And there's something about that that's so powerful. That's so that that's so perfect. And when you hear them describe what that love is, and they can't put words to it. And you find the same with, psychi- with, with psychedelic or entheogenic medicines, With people who sit with a medicine like ayahuasca or bufo Alvarious or and they come back from their, their their experience and they have experienced that same love that they cannot, you know, that, oh, I just, you know, this love, it's just love. We're all love. We're supposed to love. It's just the message. And so I do think there is, and, and there may be sub themes of that. I ha- I've had people who are like, oh, I'm supposed to love and give my love to my grandkids. That's why I came back. But it's not like I need to protect them or I need to do this. It's just love. It's just love. And to me, that's been the most consistent theme. Which to me is evidence. You know, if everyone came back, well, I'm supposed to be a shoe salesman. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to invent. I'm supposed to invent the device that measures how big your foot is. And, and no, that's you know. But it, it all comes back to love, and it's beautiful. And and that to me has been the thing that validates it for me. I, I haven't had any scientific proof but seeing the consistency of the results of the data has been enough for me to believe that this is, this is real.
0: I was going to ask you, why do you think they are really accessing memories and not making that up? So that's essentially your answer to that.
1: Yes. Yes. And no. So let me, let me dive into that, Liz, and I'm really happy you brought that question up as a hypnotherapist. Yes. I'm a spiritual hypnotherapist, but as a hypnotherapist, we all know the subconscious mind is an incredibly powerful tool and you can make the argument if you were to be purely a science person right <laughs> if you're numbers you're analytical don't believe in the woo stuff right you could make the case that your subconscious mind when you go into a hypnotic state and you go into regression mode your subconscious mind is 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 telling you a story similar to a dream to help you understand something that's going on with your life. So for example, as I shared my past life, I saw the gentleman who just couldn't love, couldn't accept love, couldn't give love, felt isolated even though he was there with his loved ones, he just couldn't couldn't get there. And I said, "Well, that's what I'm experiencing this life." Well, it could very well be, and I can't prove this, but that my subconscious mind was making this story up so that I would understand that this is something I need to work on in this life. And you can make the case for between lives with past lives with any of that stuff, that it is our subconscious mind just creating this elaborate story. However, it could also very well be that what people are experiencing is a past life, a between life, or whatever. And so I always tell people to remember it here. What did it feel like? And you you talk to NDEers, and they have the same problem, right? Oh, it was a dream. Your brain was firing when you died. That's why you remember it. But they know here that it was more realer than real. And so I but I so I just put those two things out there and you know say hey make your up your own decisions whether you believe it comes from the subconscious or it comes from the spiritual it doesn't matter. The results are exactly the same and you get the healing and the therapy you need regardless.
0: What was the most remarkable transformative experience you've witnessed or seen? I would say your biggest what the fuck, but I tend to say what the fuck" for stuff that's scientifically veridical and verified. So what is then maybe the most spiritually transformative, remarkable, or what comes to your mind when you see, when I ask that, either what you've personally experienced or what you've seen with a client?
1: I'm always amazed at what my NDE and in between livers and even past livers experience in their regressions. To me, the most what the fuck things occur with people who are going back and processing the trauma that's happened to them in this life. And there are a lot of people who struggle with that. Even NDEers who come back, you know, maybe they were sexually abused as children or they, you know, and that that NDE doesn't take away the trauma that they experienced. So there's still that there, right? And seeing the transformations that people have once they heal that and in a very short period of time, you know, most people who come in for hypnotherapy have gone to talk therapy. They've, they've tried everything and hypnotherapy kind of weirds them out, but it's like their last option. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to go into hip- hypnosis. That sounds weird and scary, but I've tried everything else and, and nothing else works. So for me, the transformation of people who, you know, the therapy really helped, but I will share, uh, because this is a, um, uh, about the paranormal. I will share a paranormal story. I had a gentleman, a friend of mine, uh, who filmed a documentary. We're friends because I met him through filming this documentary about the afterlife of all things. And he had a, a, a really intense fear of death. Uh, a fear of death. You know, all of us have some level of a fear of death, but his was to a point where it was impacting his life, his relationships, um, you name it. It was just terrible for him. And he is an atheist. He didn't believe in, in God. And so that was a big part of his. his so anyway, after he interviewed me for, for the, the documentary, he asked if I would do a past life regression on him. So I did a past life regression on him. And what he experienced was he was a pretty unsavory fellow who had done some pretty terrible things in this past life he was experiencing. And the last memory of that, of of that incarnation was one of the people whom he had been abusing, turned around, pointed a gun at this guy's head, fired it and shot him dead. And so when he, my client was able to process why that happened to him. And he was able to understand that trauma that he experienced in that past life. When he came out of that regression, he no longer had that fear of of death anymore, completely gone, completely wiped out. And it was because he dealt with the memory of the trauma of that past life trauma that he carried forth to this life. (laughs) And if you think about it from a parallel lives position, right? we're we may be inheriting different levels of trauma from other experiences that our soul is having in other incarnations and we're not even aware of it right more that complex of beings but yeah so that transformation was wild i mean just to see and that was the whole reason he one of the main reasons he filmed this this document documentary is because he was so afraid of death he was looking for for the answer and here he is after a past life regression. He's not afraid of death anymore. <laughs> Good thing he filmed everything before, uh, before the regression.
0: Club Care is a charity organization founded by Emma Justice after the loss of her father, David Justice, to glioblastoma. Club Care is dedicated to supporting children and families dealing with cancer. They strive to create joyful moments through meaningful projects impacting individual families as well as larger oncology communities. Funding for all projects is raised through philanthropic donations. Go to makingheadway.org/clubcare programs for a complete list of programs and activities. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to share that my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife is available now for sale. If you go to wtfjusthappened.net, you can see the link to buy it. I'll also have the link in the podcast show notes. I know many of you want to know how exactly did I come to change my mind about the afterlife? Well, this book is all about the first stages of my exploration into this afterlife evidence to where I'm at today. It starts with the awful part of when I lost my dad, how as a science-minded atheist, I first began to explore if there was any possibility of an afterlife and what and who I found most compelling. I also share some stuff that was not so compelling, such as a very clearly fake psychic medium reading and a pretty ridiculous seance, but that's balanced by some amazing peer-reviewed studies on mediums, medium readings, parapsychologists, and just a whole bunch of what the fucks, including some really inexplicable personal things that happened to me, and some really incredible signs I got from my dad. Despite the topic, it's actually funny, mainly because I'm just like such an awkward person. And you also get to learn about all the amazing people and incredible characters I met along the way, as well as more about the research that helped change my mind. And some of the people you learn about have become some of my really good friends and mentors today. So go to WTFJustHappened.net and order it. If you've already read it, please rate and review on Amazon. I cannot tell you how helpful that is. And share with any friends who might be interested. Thank you all. I'm so excited to finally share the full details of this crazy exploration with all of you. And now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week. Question of the week is from Kara. I know the evidence you learned was so helpful to you in coping with your dad's death. It has been helpful to me too, after the loss of my mom. If you ever found out that none of it was true and you had been duped in some way, would you be honest about that? Even knowing that this evidence have helped people in grief. I think about this sometimes. And while I would be devastated and really, really sad, I would definitely be honest and come out and tell everyone and tell them what I had learned. I am always honest along the way that this is evidence, not proof. I'm sure it would be a lot more comforting if I told everyone that I thought this was definite proof. It would be comforting to myself if I was the kind of person who could lie to myself like that, but I don't actually think it's proof. There is more evidence than I could have ever fathomed was possible, and that brings me a lot of joy, but no, it's not proof. And that's why I also always try to say that maybe physics could come up with an explanation for everything I've seen one day, and the answer is not survival. And I try to have some guests on, such as Kenny Biddle and Jonathan Pritchard, who don't believe in survival. And I also talk some about the super psi hypothesis. While I don't think that's most likely the answer, I do want to be honest, it is a consideration. And that means that there is a bank or cloud of all information and mediums download from it. And it appears as if it's survival and they're communicating with our loved ones and they genuinely believe it. But it's just this remarkable type of psychic ability. And for a lot of reasons, I don't think that's the answer. Neither do almost all of the researchers. But yes, I will definitely be honest along the way with anything I learn, even if it's not the happy answer. And I'll be honest to myself as well as to everyone else. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at wtfjusthappened.net, and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know. And feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. So tell us, Adam, where can our listeners find you, get your book, get a regression with you?
1: Yeah. So you can, you can find me, uh, you can go to adamdence.com. That's A-D-A-M-D as in David, I, N as in Nancy, C as in cat, E.com. And that will take you to my about me site and you can schedule an appointment, learn more about what I do. Uh, if you're interested in buying my book, Back to the Beyond, Exploring Near-Death Experiences Through Hypnosis, you can just Google Back to the Beyond or go to backtothebeyond.com and you'll find it. And it is available on Audible as well. So you can either get a a hard copy of it, or you can listen to it, uh, whatever you wish. And the book is about NDE regressions and what happened to the seven people I took back to the beyond and what they experienced and and what you can learn about life through their, their experiences.
0: Thank you so much. This was a great talk.
1: This was wonderful. Thanks for having me, Liz. Much love.
0: To get more information on what the fuck just happened, go to WTF just happened.net there you can order my book. What the fuck just happened. A sciencey skeptic explores grief, healing and evidence of an afterlife. And you can learn all about how I came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore, or email me at hello at WTF And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened.